Hello everyone and welcome once again to the Impulse Control Experiment. Thank you for joining me. As always, I am Joel Harrison and I do appreciate you being here to keep me accountable and to give me some reason to talk into this microphone by myself every night. That being said, super excited. Today is episode 17. Tomorrow, episode 18 will be the first time that we have a guest here. Uh, Going to meet with my good buddy, Nicholas Spoon, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, love and fear and how pretty much everything comes from either love or fear. So get pretty excited about that. Tomorrow you actually get to listen to somebody besides me. So that ought to be pretty fun. I take up a little bit more time. Sometimes I do run out of things to talk about, which is pretty rare for me. But let's talk about today. Um, today, really good day. Um, went shopping for a car. You know, uh, as we've been going through this experiment, been telling you about the broke down car and time to cash out on the broke down car. And so I will be doing some car shopping over the next few days. Super, super stressful process if you let it be. Uh, but trying to just plug away through there and kind of go along with that, you know, when you, when you realize what it is that makes you anxious, which for me is, or up until now has been spending money, uh, just take a deep breath, think logically about the decision and then make it happen. Um, the waffling or the indecision is always much better than making the decision. Might you make the wrong decision? Yeah. That happens. That's called life. But at least you made the decision. So we didn't have all the time in the world today. We spent about an hour and a half at a dealership today. Uh, drove one car. Uh, Going to spend a little bit more time over the next couple of days trying to get out to a few different dealerships and see what we can find. So that being said, um, let's see what else happened today. Uh, went to a family holiday gathering with my wife's family, aunt and cousin, and some of that, and was the best family gathering with her family that we've had in 14 years of being together. So just a really great opportunity to get together with some great people, share a meal. Uh, Honestly, people that, let's see, I think I had met one of those people once, and it was about a hello and a hug at the wedding, (laughs) and had just some really, really nice conversations, really connected um, well with some people tonight and um, just just good stuff all around. Um, had a great time on the way home. Uh, you know, if you like the music episode or if you've, you've been there and you've listened to that episode, you know I'm a big music fan, but uh, don't always sing in the car. And just sometimes, you know, that might be a limiting belief. The wife is, you know, I sing in the car when I'm alone, but I don't always sing in the car when Holly's with me. So tonight, um, about an hour plus drive and threw on some good tunes and her and I kind of sang together and bebopped our way home. Drive felt really quick and nice. Um, just really good stuff. Uh, however, so... Thanksgiving is an interesting crux for the impulse control experiment because what do we eat on Thanksgiving? Carbs and sugar. (laughs) So uh, that was a tough one. And honestly, I waffled all day on how how I was going to handle uh, Thanksgiving. And this isn't exactly Thanksgiving. It's the weekend before. And I have another Thanksgiving at my home, uh, my mother's home on this upcoming Thursday. So, 
when trying to figure out how I want to approach Thanksgiving, I'm kind of thinking, you know, there's a few different ways to approach it. Like one, I can just Katie bar the door, not worry about it, say, hey, it's Thanksgiving. So we're going to just eat, eat, eat. Uh, Decided that's not the exact way I wanted to attack it. So I decided that I needed to set my intent on what I was going to eat before I got to the table, you know, before I got to, I guess Thanksgiving, at least in my world is traditionally set up as more of a buffet set than a served at the table set, you know, but I knew that we were going to have, you know, mashed potatoes and all kinds of wonderful carbs. And I'm going to be honest, there were some wonderful looking carbs at this meal that I did my absolute best to stay away from. Um, Let's see, there was some mashed potatoes, there was some mac and cheese, there was some hash brown casserole, um, all things that are really high on list of foods that I love to pig out on. Had none of them, not one of those items did I have at uh, at this Thanksgiving. So pretty good, pretty good, celebrated that moment and uh, even was, was kind of conversating in the line with um, with my wife's cousin. You know, about how, you know, it kind of sucks or it doesn't. It's not really that big of a deal to not have those things, um, even though I wanted them, just because I set the intent before I got there. Now, I did choose one carb to have. I intended to split this carb, but if you talked to me yesterday, those cake pops, man, those cake pops are still around. So I did have one of those cake pops as a dessert, and I thought, you know what? That's pretty dang good impulse control for me. Um, Because, you know, if your Thanksgiving is anything like mine, there's like 47 desserts on the table. And um, I can't say that 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 was the absolute best one because I didn't try them all. But I will say that that cake pop is a quality cake pop. Um, If you are in the St. Louis area and you are interested in some cake pops, um, hit up my friend Ashley at Sprinkles Please. She makes some dankness with the cake pops and super enjoy those so if you're looking for a special event to have some cake pops hit ashley up over at sprinkles please good stuff there um but like i said so i really feel you know thanksgiving is one of those usual times where you just absolutely stuff yourself there's so much good food um everybody in my family uh is an amazing cook and everybody in her family at this gathering everything i ate was tasty uh, really, really enjoyed it, but I just kind of felt like, you know, that's a challenge. Saying, well, I'm going to control my impulses every time except Thanksgiving. Well, I mean, I feel like that kind of defeats the purpose personally, so I decided not to do that. I also waffled with the decision. I could have said, well, I'm going to limit myself. I'm going to have a small scoop of mashed potatoes, small scoop of mashed uh, mac and cheese, and I'm only going to do like one plate. Because I'm a, I'm a multiple plater, you know, sometimes at, sometimes at Thanksgiving, I'm a three plate guy or up until now I have been a three plate guy. And, you know, I just didn't see any reason to, to do that. Um, I would have liked to, I would have liked to assume, uh, consume those carbs. I'm not going to lie, but what are you going to do? You know, you're going to stick, I'm going to stick with the experiment and you know, I survived. I'm okay. Would I like to eat some mac and cheese and mashed potatoes? Absolutely. Would I like to take a piece of ham and roll it around some mashed potatoes stuffing, throw a little cranberry sauce on the inside, you know, and put a little piece of turkey on top, dip it in some gravy? Yeah. Make it like a little sushi roll. Thanksgiving sushi. 
That's something me and my oldest brother came up with when we worked together in a restaurant, I don't know, almost 15 years ago. Thanksgiving sushi. It is not raw. Do not eat raw turkey. That is a bad idea. But, um, you know, would I love to have done that? Absolutely. But, meh. Oh, well. Survived. So I did have the cake pop, but I'm feeling like, you know, having a unstuffed plate, mostly vegetables and some proteins, good stuff. I feel good about it. I'm happy. And you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm happier about it in this moment than I would have been eating it in, in that moment. Um, and you know what the beauty is, is like, you know, that super stuffed feeling that you have at the end of your meal and you're just like, oh, I can't move. It's time for dessert, but we're going to have to wait, you know, two hours for dessert. Um, just not something that I had to deal with today. So that was good. You know, I did come home and eat a little bit more, um, savory foods, had some Brussels sprouts and some chicken, um, which was pretty unnecessary, but having some Brussels sprouts and some chicken stopped me from having another one of those cake pops. So the people there, like I said, there were 47 desserts. So we brought like 18 cake pops home. And so now I get to be tempted by those for the next few days. As I've shared before, it is much harder for me not to eat some sugary goodness than it is for me not to have a drink or smoke a joint. So, you know, that's okay though. Cake pops are in the house. Set the intention. But I am finding that like the farther I get into this month, the more that I am thinking, you know, ooh, day 17. Less than two weeks to go. Planning that day, December 1st. I already got some stouts picked out. I already was was eyeballing some whiskey in the store. And I'm like, man, you can push out for two more weeks. No big deal. But the thing that concerns me about that is what I don't want to do is take this month off. And then jump right back into right where I was before I took the month off. Um, Of course, it's going to turn down the tolerance so I would be consuming less but what I don't want to do is go right back to partying every weekend and you know kind of deleting the progress that I have made so that is becoming a little bit of a concern and I think that sometime through this process I'm going to design some rules to live by when it comes to these vices because I firmly believe that you know a little bit of stress relief and having your vices as long as you're not actually hurting yourself is, is not a bad thing. I, I've never been against it. And even doing this project, I'm still not against it. So, you know, if you're listening to this project and it's helping you and you're one of those people that needs to continue with so total cessation um, because that's what works for you, awesome. You know, that is also what works for me. That's, that's how I was able to lose a bunch of weight. That's how I was able to drop the vices for this experiment. But I would like to get to that place where I can have a few drinks, you know, where I can go out and stay out late once, uh, once a month or something like that. Um, so I think I'm just going to have to make some rules for myself and say, like, look at the month and and here's a good, you know, like a good show or my friends are going to be out DJing on this night. And that's the night that I'm going to go out. And that's the party that I'm going to have. And I think that's probably a better way to move forward for this. Um, so we'll have to see, still thinking about that one. I, I do have some some thoughts because a good friend of mine's birthday is a week before mine. So it looks like I'm stringing up two weekends in a row where may go quote unquote, tear it up a little bit. 
And I'm not sure how I feel about that at the moment. I feel like, you know, if it's just those two weekends and, you know, one's my birthday, you know, and it's December. And so it's time to time to wrap up the end of the year. But then again, if I party for his birthday and I party for my birthday, then what am I going to do on New Year's Eve? Which is another time where I already have the event planned and I know who I'm going to be with and where I'm going to be. And you know what? I'm going to want to party. So I just need to figure out how I'm going to navigate that. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to figure out how I'm going to navigate that just like I did Thanksgiving dinner. I'm going to make a plan and set intent before I get there. Everything should be fine. Really not too overall worried about it. Just need to put that plan together and figure out how I want to handle that. And that's how I'll handle things like this moving into the future is with intent. And I will set myself some rules. So so all that being said, um, I had a conversation during the meal this evening or maybe that you know full time after the meal where... I was kind of discussing uh, one of my my wife's cousin's fiance walked by and she said, Holly, I'm so jealous that your husband has a podcast. I would love to just have, I would love it if, if Levi had a podcast and if I could just, you know, when he wasn't home, I could just listen to his voice, which at first I was like, oh, you know, that's so much love there that you just want to listen to your, your uh, significant other talk all day long when he's not home. That, that's pretty sweet. Um, that also being said, sometimes this podcast has gotten a little personal, so sometimes my wife giving it a listen does give me a little anxiety. Not that I don't want her to listen. I'm more than happy that she's listening and that I get that support. Um, but, you know, being that the issues that I've talked about, if you go, you know, because I'm recording five days ahead of my upload, so, you know, that might bring up an issue that we've already conquered, and sometimes, you know, you have those triggers, and so I, I it just kind of is what it is. Um, Holly, if you're listening, I love you very much and I'm super happy for the support. So don't make that think that I don't want you to listen to the podcast. But so we got into this and he's like, yeah, you know, I would love to have a podcast. I'm just not sure where to start. And I thought, you know, the place to start with, with anything like this. And, and this leads me to our discussion for this evening is passion. What are you passionate about? What sets you on fire you know what is that thing that you're doing in your free time that when nobody's around when just you get to do and that's the thing that you're going to do and maybe that thing is learning about change and helping people live their best lives and helping yourself live your best life in the process and sharing that with people. And maybe that's what you're passionate about. Maybe you're passionate about football. Maybe you're passionate about Ninja Turtles. You know, maybe you're passionate about, um, I don't know, I'm talking into a microphone and looking at a microphone. So maybe you're passionate about sound quality and audio, and you're just a big nerd about microphones and speakers and all that kind of stuff. And if it's that thing that you always want to try to talk to people about and, you know, other people don't have the same frame of reference and that thing that when you talk about it way too much, people start looking at you sideways like you're kind of weird. Excellent. Awesome. Then that can be your, that is your passion. And when you know your passion, you need to, to dive full force into whatever your passion is. Now, I'm not saying that whatever it is that you like you need to do a podcast about. I mean, if that's what sets you on fire and you want to talk about that, then find that way to talk about your passion. But what I am talking about is, you know, like, you know that thing. 
You know that thing in your life that you love, you absolutely love. It sets you on fire. It gets you out of bed in the morning. You know, it's what you do on a bad day and it's what you do on a good day. You know, um, one of the reasons that I'm always so inspired and impressed by my brother, who is a dog trainer, is he works really, really, really hard. But he gets to play with dogs for a living. And he'll even tell you that. And it makes him happy and it sets him on fire because he loves dogs and he loves playing with dogs and he loves training dogs and he loves training people to make better relationship with their dogs. And that is what that dude loves. And that dude's been doing it for probably 12 years now. And the first, I don't know, nine, 10 years that he was doing it, he still had to have a, uh, uh, another job and he had to learn about and train dogs after he got done with his other job. And you know, it, it had certain consequences in his life and it's given him certain things. And that's when you know that you're doing the right thing. That's when you know that you found your passion, you know, is is if it is your number one above all else. And a lot of times it's that it's, we get so passionate about things that we want to share it with people. But sometimes the people in our circle aren't as passionate about it as we are. And they begin to think that we're a little weird. Guess what? I love weird people. If you are weird, if you do something weird, if your weird makes me uncomfortable, and I don't mean in like a creepy way, like a don't touch me way, like this is my own space way, but I mean like, so for instance, tomorrow I'm going to a breath work and gong bath ceremony. I've never done that before. It sounds super weird and it is outside of my comfort zone. Up until now, it is not something that I would envision myself doing, but it is so closely related to my passion of hypnosis, of change work, of helping people that when the ad came across my Facebook page, I was like, oh man, this is the perfect time. This is the perfect time to go do something weird like that. So tomorrow I'm snatching up Holly and we're going to go do some breath work and and a gong bath. And to be perfectly honest, I don't really know what that means. But I'm going to go check it out. It's closely related to yoga. It's at a yoga studio. It's closely related to some of the other modalities that I'm into. So you know what? There's not a better time than right now to go check out that weird. That being said, I'm fairly uncomfortable about what that's going to mean. Now, there's that's just a limiting belief. There's nothing bad that's going to happen. I'm going to go hopefully lay on a comfortable floor and somebody's going to hit a gong a few times and maybe say some nice things and I'll just have a few moments to relax and, and to sense what that is and to get in tune with uh, with my body and hopefully connect to the universe and have some good things happen. So, you know, that's outside my comfort zone and I totally am taking that as an opportunity to grow. And so, I love your weird. And I want you to explore your weird. I want you to take every opportunity you have to learn to explore your weird and your passion and and what it is that you want to do. And there's a beauty in that, in exploring your passion that you won't find with anything else. And if you really dive in and explore that passion, you may decide that that's something that can be more than what you do after you get off work for relaxation. You know, I was talking to this guy tonight and he had expressed interest in a podcast. And I said, man, 
You know, he'd already told me some things that he was into and that he really liked and that he spends time doing in his time. And I'm like, man, that's it right there. That's that thing right there. Figure out what the what a unique perspective on that is, something that somebody else isn't already talking about. And you know what? If somebody else is already talking about it, who cares? Dive in and start talking about it. If you want to do a podcast and you're not sure, figure out what your passion is and go get it. You know, we live in a beautiful time. I always say we live in the future because we really do. Especially if you, you know, if you're like me, I'm 32 years old. I was born in 1985. So my life started with things like paper maps and CDs and VHS and phones that had cords in the wall and Atari. Like, think about how far we've come. In just a few years. And it's just amazing to think about the possibilities now. And one of the big possibilities is that we are so well connected that if there are only 10,000 people in the world who are into what you're into, you can find 8,000 of those people through this beautiful thing called the internet and you can connect with them. And if, and then you can share your passion with them. And then you can have conversations about your passion with other people who are passionate. And then you can grow and learn. And if you feel called to do so, you can turn that into a career. You know, I'm a huge Gary V fan. And Gary V sometimes gives us um, this example of Ninja Turtles. He's like, man, if you're into Ninja Turtles and you want to be the Ninja Turtle guy... You can do a podcast about how much you love Ninja Turtles. You can go to Comic-Con and talk about Ninja Turtles. You can sell Ninja Turtle figurines. You can uh, sell Ninja Turtle comic books. You can play Ninja Turtle video games. There's so much stuff out there that you could dedicate your whole life to your passion. Dive in face first all the way. Explore that passion and find a way to make that your whole life. Now, that's not going to say it's easy. You know, honestly, that's kind of leading to entrepreneurship. And I'll be the first one to tell you that sometimes being an entrepreneur sucks. (laughs) You know, sometimes I go to my day job and I work for 10 hours and then I come home and I still have a podcast to do. And I'm absolutely exhausted and my knee hurts and my back hurts and I can hardly move. And I have to somehow get up the motivation, get up the energy to sit in front of this microphone and not only talk for a little while, but do so in a way that is informative, entertaining and makes you want to listen. Why and how can I do that? Because this is my passion. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Is it always fun? No. Is it amazing all the time? No. Am I making a ton of money? No. But do I believe in it with all of my being? Do I love it with all of my being and feel like I can succeed? Because this is what I'm passionate about and this is what I'm going to do? Absolutely. You know, is there a is there a possibility that, you know, going and working your current day job could maybe make you $55,000 a year and that makes you super happy, but because you've got enough money to buy the things, but is that really what makes you happy? What if you were able to live your passion and maybe instead of making 55 grand a year, you're only making 37 grand a year, but you're living your passion? You're doing what you love every single day for to support yourself. That's possible. You know, especially in the realm of 
podcasts or video or something like that where, you know, you can think. So if you wanted to be on a radio show, I don't know, 15 years ago, you had to find the gatekeeper and you had to convince that one person that you were valuable enough to get your shot. And that's the way it used to be. But now we have the internet. You don't have to pay anybody anything. You don't have to talk to anybody. You don't have to convince anybody of anything. You can put on the earbuds that probably came with the cell phone that you already own, download an app probably for free, talk into it for 20 minutes, and upload your first podcast. And boom, you're a podcaster. You are living your passion. Now, you don't have to upload a podcast. You don't have to make YouTube videos just to live your passion. You can just simply say that I'm going to go to work. I'm going to be this dude. And when I get home, I'm going to spend an hour a day with model trains because I really love model trains. I could just sit and watch a model train go around my little tiny model city and I can reroute the tracks and I can put on my little tiny hay bales onto the cars and I can load the fake coal into the train and you know that just gives me so much joy if that's what you do then man you do you you find that passion now the other end of the of the thing is like what if i don't know what i'm passionate about well my friend then you're in a beautiful position because then you get to go experience the world How can you know what you're passionate about if you haven't experienced your passion yet? I didn't know how passionate I was about hypnosis and change work until I actually started using it. And I'd been doing it for 15 years. And I just thought it was cool and funny. I put on a good show. I was enjoying doing it. It was fun. But I wasn't passionate about it until I saw the real power And I went and learned what it's really all about. And then it just exploded. When you find that thing, it just explodes and you cannot deny it. That's what passion is. I have to do this. This is my my water. This is my oxygen. I need this with every single breath. So if you haven't found your passion yet, Go figure it out. Go out there and experience things. You know, we're in a time where people are always trying to throw things in your face. Things to do, things to buy, places to go, people to see. Just flip through your your feed on whatever social media you, you choose. When you see something that sparks an interest, click on it. And if you and if that click sparks a little more interest. Then Google how to do more of it. Dig into some YouTube videos about it. Find out when somebody in your area is doing that thing. Go check it out. You know, that's all I'm doing tomorrow. I'm going to go check out this gong bath thing. Sounds weird as hell. (laughs) But I'm so excited to do it because it's outside my comfort zone. I'm going to walk in and I'm going to get those bubbles, you know, in my stomach, those little butterflies. And I'm going to walk around and I'm going to scratch my arm a couple of times and I might even rub my shoulder like it hurts because that's kind of one of my nervous tics is I just pretend like something hurts. Um, and I don't know why I do it. That, that's just the thing I do. But I'm going to step outside my comfort zone and go explore this.
And maybe it's something to add to my repertoire. Maybe it's something that I could become passionate about. Who knows? Maybe in two or three months, I go buy a big old gong. You know, I I, I was a drummer in a in a in a past, in in a past uh, not a past life, but in my past, I was a drummer in a Christian grunge band. Actually, I was a drummer in two Christian bands. <laughs> one was called Coder Call, and the other one was called Subscript. And I had long hair, and I painted my toenails, and I played drums, and I sang while I played the drums. It was a lot of fun. It's not my passion. Do I, uh, I have a buddy that has an electronic drum set, and do I bang on it a little bit when I go over to his house? Yeah. What's up, Joe? But that being said, is it my passion? No. Have I bought a drum set of my own in the last 15 years? No. Have I practiced? No. Do I like beating on my legs and steering wheel in the car? Hell yeah, I do. Doesn't mean I'm passionate about it, but I explored that to find out whether that was what I wanted to do. And that is how you find your passion. And I highly encourage you to do things that are outside your comfort zone. One of your friends invites you to something and you want to go or you don't want to go. They invite you to something and they're like, that sounds weird. Sounds really weird. I don't know if I want to go to do that. So what? Force yourself. Push yourself. Explore. Learn. See what else is out there. You will find not only... Hopefully, eventually, your passion, but what will you learn along the way? What will, what will you find out about the world, about yourself, about your belief structure? When I started exploring my passion, my whole world flipped upside down. My entire belief structure turned around. I've told you guys before. I used to be what I refer to as a militant atheist. And basically all that meant was I started fights with people on Facebook and told them they were dumb for having a belief structure. The other way to say that is I was a giant asshole. (laughs) And why did I do that? Because I wasn't happy. And when I pushed myself to go and explore hypnosis, which I thought would be my passion... I discovered all kinds of stuff. My belief structure completely changed. The way that I believed the world and the universe worked completely changed. I met some amazing people who have had great influences on my life. Had some great times. You're going to meet one of those people tomorrow. And all from just exploring. All from just taking that breath and saying, you know what? I don't, I, I, I don't know about this. Even, even, um, even I might think this is dumb or, or I might think that this is fake or whatever, but I'm going to go at it with an open mind. I'll be honest. When I was going to my, um, hypnosis training uh, about eight months ago, I got this paper, uh, this email, I guess it was, it wasn't an actual paper form. I got this email and it said, Hey, so we're going to do hypnosis training during the day. And after hypnosis training, we're going to explore other modalities of, of creating trance. So we're going to do some massage. We're going to deal with essential oils. We're going to do a drum circle. And we're going to do Reiki. 
right? And I read that and I literally went, ugh, they want me to do Reiki. I don't know anything about Reiki, but I know it's just some kind of hippy-dippy energy mumbo-jumbo that I totally don't believe in. But I greatly respect my mentor who is teaching this class. And if he thinks that it's something that I need to experience, then I'm going to go there with an open mind and not be insulting and just check it out because I don't know anything about it. This guy that I greatly respect and I think one of the most intelligent people and driven people that I know says that this is valuable. So I'm going to give it a go. I'm not going to put any stock in it. I'm going to open myself up to it, but pay attention and make sure I don't get caught in, you know, the trap of wanting it to be real or wanting it to be work. You know, I feel like we we do that a lot uh, with things like psychics, you know, psychics do this thing where they, and, and then, you know, again, I'll say it this way. If, if there is somebody that, that can do real psychic readings and you can convince me of that, shoot me an email. I'll give it a go, you know, but I have, I'm fairly cynical about that subject. However, you know, like I said, I'll explore it, see what's going on. But at the same time, I kind of thought Reiki would be the same way. And when I got my first Reiki reading, um, Sander knew so much about me and had so many things that weren't vague to say and had an interesting conversation. And I actually felt um, an energy transfer from one being to another. And these things were just, now, to you listening to this, if you want to take them as anecdotal evidence, I totally understand. Because it's not exactly something that we know how to scientifically measure yet. And I have been in that headspace where I need scientific, repeatable, experimental data to believe something. However, you know, I'll say that some things we just don't have the tools to measure yet. And so some things are just, unanswered. And if I have a personal experience, then that works for me. And and that's, I understand if you don't want to agree with that. But the point being, um, I went into this with an open mind. And I am now on day 17 of my Reiki one training. And I just, it just, there was a simple moment <laughs> And I can think about that moment. I can dive right into that moment. And there is a moment where, you know, something, I, I, I felt something. And I learned something. And I just totally opened up and found something super amazing and useful. And something that has potential to become another thing on the list of things that I'm passionate about. Just by being open. That's all. You don't have to... You know, and, and you don't have to explore weird things or crazy things. You know, if you think that, that numbers are interesting and you like the way numbers work and you like math and you want to explore being an accountant, then by all means, get your ass out there and figure it out. Go explore being an accountant. If numbers are your thing, if, if nice, neat little rows of numbers gets you moving, then go do it. Explore that and see if that's your passion. The important thing here is whatever it is that's your passion, 
Whatever you do that's your passion, do it, live it, be it, see it. And if you don't know what your passion is yet, get out there and explore. Try. Try things. Step outside your comfort zone. Do things that you may have previously talked shit about or made fun of just to explore, just to see what's going on. It's a big world and there's a lot of stuff going on. And the beauty is, is that we are in the future where you have time and ability to explore your passion and find out what it is and live your passion to make your life better. And by all means, never, never, ever let somebody else's negative talk or Better yet, your worry about what somebody else will think or say about your passion get in your way, ever. If that's your passion, you explore it, you live it, you be it, you do it, you see it. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Because all that is is a limiting belief. You know, you put something on Facebook or or Instagram about your passion and somebody has a, a an offhanded comment, who cares? Especially if you're in a place like Twitter or Instagram that can be anonymous. You don't even have the guts to be a real person and say this thing to me. And even if you do, I don't care because this is what I'm passionate about. This is what sets me on fire. This is what gets me excited. This is what gets me moving. So I can give a shit less what you think about it. Because this is my passion. And that is what life is all about. Is living your passion. Living your best life. Getting it done. Doing the thing. And being happy. That's what I got for tonight, friends. Remember, make every day better than yesterday. And if you fail, that's okay. Because tomorrow will be easier. Live with gratitude, celebrate your victories, and I will see you tomorrow.